Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, just by way of a follow-up to uh, what I was discussing in the previous segment had to do with these four Jewish kids, uh, young people, walking along at the Bathurst-Lawrence neighborhood Sunday around 8 p.m., and they were accosted by, they say, nine individuals who mocked their faith uh, and actually assaulted them, kicking and punching, and in one instance stole uh, stole the sunglasses of one of the four. Uh, The police have caught up with one individual, and now there's a question as to how this will be handled. Is it a hate crime? Is it a case of robbery, assault, blah, blah, blah? And what would the legal remedies be? Let's get Joe Newberger in here, 640 Legal Expert with Newberger and Partners. Joseph, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you, John? Very good, thanks. A little uh, maybe perplexed because on the one hand, I mean, this seems rather obvious to me. If you've got people assaulted, we know what the star, the, the story involves or these are the allegations. But I was talking about, you know, potentially uh, these kinds of things maybe do merit uh, serious consideration, obviously, because this could be, it may on the face of it be uh, virulent anti-Semitism, or it's where this kind of stuff, hatred takes root. So how how best to address it in your books? Good question. Um, You know, I don't know the age of the individual who was apprehended. Was it a a youth or is it an adult? I don't know either, but uh, let's assume it was a youth. Okay. So, you know, I try and take an approach to, you know, determine who these individuals are. If Once they're arrested and put into the system, what's really good about the youth system is it could be treated as a hate crime, but I think that would be a bit harsh because if they're youth, they can just be stupid, doing stupid things, taking it. Like, this is nothing new. This has happened all the time. And I know we live in an era now where we had that horrible shooting in the United States, and so we need to be a bit hypersensitive about uh, particular groups that are targeted but you know this is not a shocker that it, it happened before but in the in the youth system there are a lot of very good ways to remediate this type of behavior and still instill uh, denunciation and punishment that's appropriate including you know some education writing about it um, taking a program with respect to sensitivity and respect of religion there's a lot that can be done that would be far more effective than just the blunt hand of the law in my opinion and sometimes we, we should do that, even if the person's a young adult, try and find a way where we can expose them to more things, uh, where they can become more knowledgeable, and then try and understand what's the origins of their hate, because you raise an excellent question. Were they brought up in a family that supported hatred of particular identifiable groups, or was just just absolute stupidity? How do we deal with it? Let's find out who we're dealing with, and then maybe tailor some type of approach to promoting them better behavior. In my opinion. Well, no, and that's exactly what I wanted to uh, find out, if there's uh, some avenue to do that, and uh, the law allows for it, especially, as you say, with youth crime, right? Yeah, absolutely. There is. There's a lot of avenue, and there's a lot of room for creativity. And, you know, if it is a youth, um, there are programs that are available for sensitivity training, writing an essay, reading about it, read about the Holocaust, read about all sorts of, uh, you know, how discrimination impacts identifiable groups. Um, going to visit somebody who happens to have been 
subjected to this type of uh, abuse with a, a caseworker or a correctional person involved in, in corrections and, and letting them understand this more. I believe education and trying to get at the root of the cause is sometimes a much better way. But there is a, you know, a fair degree of creativity we can have. We can even do it with adults. It just has to have the willingness to think outside of the box, in my opinion. Speaking of creativity, how creative can the cops get if they've got one of these people, allegedly, uh, yeah. So, and you've got eight more on the lam? Uh, how do you work that? Well, I am sure they, they uh, nothing else, they work very hard on that individual to try and find out who they were with. Mm. And um, they certainly can search the associations this person has. Um, it's hard, but they might be able to canvas other witnesses so that they can get some identification. But it's hard. It's not easy. You know, it, it, these incidents happen very quickly. They're clothed usually in, uh, you know, hoodies and stuff, so it's hard to make facial identification. And if the one who's arrested doesn't want to talk, it can be quite challenging, but I have no doubt the police are trying very hard to figure out who this is. Okay. Again, with Joe Newberger, 640 legal expert. On another another matter, uh, this has to do with young adults, uh, for the most part anyway. The University of Toronto making this call that uh, come January, there will be uh, zero tolerance. No smoking of tobacco, cannabis, or even vaping on any of the three campuses. Good for uh, them. Well, okay, they're not alone in that regard. Apparently, they're joining a, a whole list of colleges and universities across the country. There's like 65 now who have implemented that same policy. So it's right fully, fully legal to do on their property. Right. Look, I, you know, I'm about to have an 18-year-old head off to university in September, God willing. And, uh, you know, I worry about the legislation with respect to marijuana. I worry about carcinogens. Smoking anything is bad. Being subjected to secondhand smoke is bad. We've been banning uh, where people can smoke, and I know it may be infringing people who enjoy that. But that being said, we have to look at the causes of harm to others. And uh, whether uh, our prime minister thinks smoking marijuana is good or bad, I think when people are 17 to 25, they're at particular risk of having uh, all sorts of issues uh, with respect to cognitive abilities impacted by marijuana. And so vaping, marijuana, smoking... Promoting health is always a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, that's the strange disconnect, because you've got people in the know who say the cognitive ability is still impaired and the brain is being formed up until yeah. 25, and yet here we go, uh, you know, 19, and you're good in some provinces, 18, uh, to have at it, and uh, there seems not to have been any sort of reasoned approach to this apart from just opening it wide up and... Uh, letting yeah. the chips fall where they may. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that, because uh, I was involved a long time ago with the legalization of marijuana with respect to uh, medicinal purposes, and there's no doubt that it has wonderful properties to help people who are not well. But recreational smoking, as much as people want it as their own right to do, we have to acknowledge that there's sound scientific evidence about youth, the development of brains, uh, and in particular, some people are susceptible to psychoactive drugs. And I have seen plenty of times when I sit on the Ontario Review Board and other stuff, people who've had psychotic breaks from using marijuana. It's not like an epidemic, but we need to protect our youth. Sorry, we do. All right, again with Joe Newberger on a final uh, issue has to do with uh, cognitive ability and uh, how that might be impaired by concussion, where the Mm. NHL uh, and uh, about 100 former players came up with a a tentative arrangement or a settlement, I guess, today in a lawsuit that was brought against the league over concussions and other head injuries. This wasn't classified as a uh, class action suit, uh, right. from my understanding. 
so what's no. what's the distinction? How then did they arrive at something that would uh, make you know reparations? I guess to a hundred plus players. Yeah, this was a U.S. judge, it, not my bailiwick, but apparently the judge did not certify it as a class action, which would have allowed, I guess, about 5,000 uh, former NHLers to all join in under one group. So uh, they have to run individual litigation now, which is much harder, much easier when you do it as a as a group, as a class action. That being said, there was enough uh, litigants and enough pressure brought to bear on the NHL to acknowledge at least the issue and create this fund and allow um, access to testing and treatment uh, at the cost of the NHL, which is extremely important. And oddly enough, in the article, there was a spelling error, because instead of saying uh, NHL, they also said NFL. And we know in the NFL that concussions and certain brain injuries has resulted in suicide. It's not there. It's out there. There's studies. There was a wonderful podcast by Malcolm Gladwell who took this on. And, and, and concussions in these sports where there is a high degree of contact and fighting is promoted, and you've got head-to-head uh, contact or you know purpose you know, uh, assaults on on the brain. You got to be careful. And I think the NHL stepped up to the plate and did the right thing. And I think, from what I've read accurately, they're in mediation, which is the right way to go to try and resolve this. Well, it's interesting because you know you cited the NFL. Uh, there was something like close to a billion dollars, just south of a billion. I think it was nine hundred and seventy million paid out to these players. Uh, who again in a class action lawsuit that they had yeah. filed, and people said at the time the NFL was happy to sign off on this because it could have been a far more uh, serious uh, number or uh, you know greater damages paid out. They got off light at just under a billion. Yeah, but again, the flip side of this is voluntary assumption of risk. You know, in the United States, there's nothing bigger in a hometown than football. And if you want to be that football star and you want to play and you've got a talent and you sign up for this and you know what the risks are. You're taking a risk to some extent, and, and frankly, the NFL or any other agency like the NCAA should not have to bear the burden of it. That's the other side of the argument. But we need to be intelligent and look at the fact that we do have these players. There are injuries. How do we manage this? How do we help them? There's enough money that's made by the NFL and enough money that's made by the NHL that there can be availability of assessments and treatment and compensation when this occurs, not just simply up to insurance companies and to negotiate your contracts, but for these uh, organizations to make so much money off of these players to provide some central uh, way of them accessing help, I think it's a good thing. But in the case of uh, where the league's been cited, you know, the NHL and the NFL as well, not yeah. doing enough to protect their players. Case in point, the NFL is really uh, trying to crack down on shots to the head. And uh, yeah. in fact, there was one such, I guess, on the weekend I was watching, and the ref cam kind of picked it up. Uh, yeah. It was in the CFL is where it was. Uh, the Saskatchewan-Winnipeg game, the Saskatchewan quarterback right at the end of the game was decked with a right. a flagrant blow to the head, uh, yeah. and there was no penalty called. Now, see, is that on the league that they could leave themselves open to some kind of uh, legal challenge down the road that they haven't done enough to protect players by yeah. I- implementing certain yeah. uh, regimes, you know, yeah. penalties and so on and so forth? Absolutely. If a player gets injured, in hockey, for example, we've seen players get charged. If there's a flagrant assault causing bodily harm with a stick to the head, completely unnecessary, completely unrelated to the play, that person can get charged. Similarly, in the CFL or NFL, you take a shot at a quarterback or any other player that does nothing to defend your position or your what you have to do at that particular moment. But if it's a flagrant foul for the simply to maim or injure an individual, 
I think the league's at risk. They need to sanction this. They need to deal with the player. And then people, if necessary, need to get charged. All right. Well, uh, that was certainly cited in the case of the NFL that they hadn't done enough to uh, prevent players from playing uh, also while injured. And so that was the big payout that they made. And this one here with the NHL players, apparently my understanding is uh, it will average about $22,000 per player. And if it's determined through tests, uh, they've proven uh, are shown to be positive on two or more tests, they can get up to $75,000 in medical treatment. So. Right. And, but the good thing is now the test and assessments are there uh, at the league's cost, and that is a good step forward. They've got a protocol. Yeah. Very good. It's always great to talk to you, Joe. Uh, I come away wiser for the exercise. Uh, I come away wiser. These are great topics. Thanks, John. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Joe Newberger, 640 legal expert with Newberger and Partners. On the matter that we uh, broached initially, and I was talking up before he got here, has to do with these kids who assaulted the four Jewish young men, uh, 17 years of age, on Sunday around 8 p.m., uh, Bathurst and Lawrence area. Joe did say uh, some kind of creative sentencing or punishment if they're caught. Uh, you know, I mean, because right now, you know, people, B'nai B'rith uh, and uh, other such Jewish advocacy groups are quite alarmed by this, as they should be, and uh, wondering if it should be classified as a hate crime. You just blow it off as the folly of youth. Is there something that you would put in place, you know, understanding that they probably are likely to find the other eight because one guy's already in custody or he's been uh, cited. So I'm sure he'll drop the dime any day now. What would you do? How would you teach them? Because this could be the teachable moment. That's my question.